on the Aggie Sports Network. From Learfield, from Old Chicago, welcome to the Coach Odom Show. Brought to you by Old Chicago, home of the Aggies Coaches Show. SC Needham Jewelers, where Utah gets engaged. America First Credit Union, financial solutions for every need. Larry H. Miller Dealerships, driven by you and by Stokes. Stokes Trucking, doing the right thing since 1979. Now, the Coach Odom Show. Here's the voice of the Aggies, Scott Gerrard. And welcome on in. It's the first edition of the Ryan Odom Coaches Show as we are live here at Old Chicago. want you to come by, hang out with us. we got a lot of basketball to talk about as Utah State gets set for a showdown coming up this week. As uh, some team called uh, BYU, I think, uh, coming up on Wednesday. Uh, of course, Coach knows there's something special in the air when that game rolls around. But uh, a lot to break down. It's been a fun start to the season. Uh, and, Coach, uh, what what are, what are these last few weeks been like for you since this thing got going in full full swing? Yeah, it's been it's been a blast, actually. Uh, you know, obviously we had a trip back east, which was fun. Uh, got us kind of going there as a team, and and really developed some some much needed chemistry along the way. Uh, you know, while we were back east, played some really good teams, yeah. had some success back there, and then came home, you know, around Thanksgiving and, and spent some time together and had a couple of games here as well, uh, leading us into that St. Mary's game that we had the other night that, um, you know, was a, a knockdown drag out, obviously. It was a really tough, tough game for both teams. And, and uh, you know, we're just excited to be where we're at right now and, and uh, you know, with an opportunity to continue to improve. Well, I told you after that game, it kind of felt like Ollie Frazier. I mean, yeah. it was just haymaker after haymaker after haymaker from both sides. Uh, those are two really good teams that went toe-to-toe. And just from a basketball standpoint, if you're just a fan of basketball, that was a fun game, especially the second half. Yeah, no question. I think both teams obviously got off to a slow start uh, offensively. And, and I think the defense has had something to do with that as well. You know, but you go back and you look at it after the game, you know, at least we have as a, as a staff and as a team, and there was a lot of things that we that were within our control that we didn't control as well as we have in some other games. Yeah. And, you know, you've got to be able to do it, you know, when, when the competition is at its best. And, uh, you know, certainly it's, it's, it's a learning experience for both teams. Do you feel like your team's on schedule for where they need to be to where you want them to eventually get to? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think we, we are where we are right now, yeah. I think. And uh, and the reality is it takes what it takes. It takes a lot of film work. It takes a lot of practice. You know, it takes working together outside of practice and, and guys getting shots up, uh, taking care of our bodies. Um, you know, certainly you want to use the non-conference, you know, as a tool to help you figure out or help us figure out maybe where our holes are. Yeah. And, you know, there, there, there eventually begins to uh, a style defensively comes at you. Uh, you kind of begin to see it over and over again. So, you yeah. know, okay, well, that's that's how they feel they can beat you. And you've got to work on it. You know, maybe it's switching. Maybe it's teams switch against you. Maybe it's teams, you know, try to force everything into the baseline or they limit, you know, uh, a guy like Brandon shooting the ball and Brock shooting the ball from the outside. It's just – Every every uh, game that you play in the non-conference, you know, begins to tell you kind of what you need to do going forward yeah. to to really refine and get yourselves ready for conference play. You know, I, I, maybe this is probably a better question to ask you during the conference season, but in, back at UMBC, you were there long enough. You had a routine. You knew a lot of, I'm sure, your conference, obviously, and even some of your non-conference opponents. Uh, is it? 
is it almost kind of like a breath – no, breath fresh air isn't the right term, but like reinvigorating to experience – new arenas and, and things along those lines and, and everything that goes along with it. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what's reinvigorating is, is being in the spectrum with that yeah. crowd the yeah. way it was the other night. I mean, that was incredible. And uh, we need that every night. Um, you know, we have a clear advantage uh, when other teams come into our building. And it's really fun to prepare for other teams knowing that we have that. And while at the same time, I actually told the guys before the game, you know, just because all of a sudden there are going to be more fans in here doesn't mean – that we don't have to do our job, yeah. and they're not going to do it for us. It's going to be a, a collaborative effort. You know, The herd and our fans are going to put pressure on the opponent, but we need to put pressure on them from our play. And, uh, and, and that's what we tried to do the other night. We didn't do it well enough. Uh, and then uh, after a disappointing loss like that, is this team, and, and you suffered that one against UC Davis, and you mentioned going up in the tunnel, You know, the leaders were already saying, look, you know what, we learn from this and we move on. Let's go, let's go. Did you get that sense, same kind of sense after this game as well? Yeah, I mean, it was a much more quiet locker room yeah. uh, for obvious reasons. I mean, when you finish a game like that and both teams have played so hard to put your, put them themselves in a position to win, St. Mary's had it, you know, with two possessions to go. Our job was to get a stop. We get the stop, and within that timeout, we, we told the guys, here's what we're running. Uh, if we do get the stop, and obviously if they do score, here's what we're doing as well. Um, and then, you know, to have it play out that way and then it to end so abruptly where, yeah. I mean, you go into a last possession like that, you're thinking, okay, the worst-case scenario is we're going to head to OT here. Yeah. And um, it didn't end up that way. And, you know, we can't whine about it. It is what it is. Players make mistakes. Coaches make mistakes. Refs make mistakes. And, um you know, I'm not saying that he did on that play. It's just that he, he had to call it the way he, he saw it at the time. And, um, you know, we have to respect the call. We talk about that in pickup, you know, yeah, in the summers yeah. when we call fouls on one another. And it's like respect the call, let's move on to the next play, and we have to do the same. Um, I don't – and when I ask you this question, this isn't regards to the last several seconds. It's just more of a big picture. Um, you know, refs are usually more geographical. Uh, in terms of the, you know, this West Coast consortium of, of officials here. Um, is it a process to go through and learn guys and their tendencies and what they call and what they don't call and, and to get a book on them? Is that is that a process there? It, it definitely is. Yeah, no question. I and mean, you'll see and when you go into tournaments and things like that and yeah. these Thanksgiving tournaments or whatever, you'll see some crossover a little bit. Um, but it is definitely a regional thing more than not. Um, and so a lot of these guys are new to me. I'm new to them, which can be a good thing because yeah. they'll learn pretty quickly that I'm a respectful guy. I'm not going to disrespect them. I know they have a tough job, um, and we have a tough job as well, you know, that we're trying to do, and I think they appreciate that. So it's just as long as you're having that dialogue with folks, I mean, we're all human beings, yeah. you know. It's just it's going to be a uh, – and you're doing it in a respectful way. They'll appreciate that. So it's probably when you are back east, you knew a lot of those guys. You know a lot of them. You know, yeah. when you're – I was an assistant coach in the ACC for about six or seven years, and so you run up against a lot of those, yeah. you know, you know, name guys uh, from the east coast. Uh, that, that will migrate out here for the bigger games from time to time. So uh, it def you definitely do get to know folks, you know, but that doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. What have the, uh, the last uh, week or, or – I mean, not week, but since that St. Mary's game, uh, 
it was a physical game. You played yeah. some really physical games, and I think your style of basketball is going to be conducive to a very physical style of basketball. So has it been good to kind of get these guys uh, back in the gym and you know rest a little bit and then also work on some basics? Yeah, no question. We had to have two days off just the way the schedule is set up for the next week you know, because we have New Orleans on the back end of this, you know, we wanted to be able to practice on Thursday yeah. and have ample time to prepare for both. So we took, uh, we practiced Saturday, took Friday off, took Sunday off, and then went again today. And Saturday's practice was spectacular. Uh, the first day we kind of touched the court, you know, since that disappointing loss. And I thought our guys did an awesome job. We worked probably 75%, uh, maybe even 85, 80% on just us. Yeah. And, didn't really worry as much about, you know, our next opponent um, because we hadn't had a ton of practice time. Yeah. Um, you know, we out east, you know, games following up right when we got back here. You know, we really need to, to have time to be able to work on ourselves and some of the things that will help us grow as a team. And, and we were able to do that on Monday – or, excuse me, on Saturday and, and uh, obviously just finished practice shortly uh, a couple hours ago. So – because this stretch of games, I mean, you've got obviously uh, BYU coming up. you got a big one against Weber State, New Orleans, uh, a trip back to South Dakota to take on uh, Iowa as well. I mean, you, you when you scheduled up, you scheduled up. I mean, you, you, really, you really feel it here. We're going to find out who yeah. we are. There's no question about it. And it starts, you know, again on Wednesday, uh, you know, going down to a really good BYU team. Uh, Coach Pope's done a great job with that program and, his team's really good this year. Uh, they're, they're stout on defense. I know we'll probably get into that yeah. more uh, in our next conversation here. But uh, it is. You have to challenge yourselves. You know, if we want to be a team that, you know, has a, a chance to get an at-large bid, then we've got to play against teams that are thinking that way too. And I think our, our schedule is conducive uh, for that. And our guys have performed well early. And so – you know, we've got to continue to, to, to get a little bit better each game. Do you uh, – your scheduling philosophy in terms of – obviously this has been a, a really – I mean, is, is this kind of the schedule that you would like to see going forward? Is this kind of a, a standard, uh, oper you know, uh, operation of what, you, what you'll what you produce going forward? Yeah, no question. You want to challenge yourself. Yeah. And, you know, players love the big games. Yeah. You know, they want to play in these big games. They want to play on TV in front of – you know, uh, a lot of fans and neutral sites like we did, you know, down in Myrtle Beach. Next year we're going to the Diamond Head Classic. We signed a contract for that, playing Hawaii over oh, Christmas, yeah. you know, which will be a great a great trip for our, our guys and our families uh, and their families um, and Aggie fans, you know, if they want to come with us. Yeah. Uh, unless we're in a New Year's Eve Bowl it's breaking next news year. To, which might... Breaking news to some of us here. There we go. <laughs> Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, you do want to – those neutral site games are huge. Yeah. And certainly the home and homes. And you're seeing more of those now on TV, those made-for-TV games, which I think are really important, you know, yeah. for the development of your team. And your fan bases, too. Absolutely. want to see them. Yeah. Um, I just I, – I look at it as a general question in terms of do you sometimes, knowing who's coming back or not coming back, or it's going to be a younger team, maybe dial the schedule up and down a little bit based on that? Yeah, I mean, certainly that's always a concern, but we want to have the best team that we can have. If we're yeah. trying to have a top 25 program, we've got to be ready to step, up, step up and do it. And part of that's recruiting and some of it's development within the program already for guys that are here. Obviously, those are the most, most important players that we have. Um, and But, you know, as a general rule, we want to make sure that we have a balanced schedule, you know, where 
we're, we're, we're certainly challenging ourselves both. That's why Wednesday is really important for us because it's the first true road game where we're going into a hostile environment and we've got to perform. And so we'll find out a lot about our team. Ryan Odom joins us. It's the uh, Coach Odom uh, Coaches Show right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield. All right, so I'm sure uh, y you take the job back in, uh, back in March, April. Um, how long before somebody brought up you got to find a way to beat BYU? Because I'm sure it was pretty quick. <laughs> it's pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. We understand, you know, the, the, the meaning of this game here for, for both sides. And, uh, you know, certainly we, wanna, we don't want to make it bigger than it is. But at the same time, it's the next game on our schedule. Yeah. Like I say, every game that we play, why is it an important game? Because the Aggies are playing. So that's what i got to say about that. There you go. <laughs> but, you know, the, you got guys like uh, that grew up you know, around in Utah County uh, and Stephen yeah. Ashworth and up a little bit north with uh, some of your other guys. And you know that for them it means it might have a little – not not doesn't mean more, but it has a little different feel to it. Yeah, the familiarity uh, of, of both teams, right? Yeah. You know, they, a lot of these kids grew up together. They played, you know, middle school against one another. Then they played high school. And then they played AAU against one another. So the familiarity – you know, obviously breeds a level of competitiveness there, but also the two fan bases. And yeah. It's a healthy rivalry, and, and we're certainly uh, excited to, to be a part of it. What jumps out at you when you look at that BYU team? Well, I mean, certainly their defense, you know, is the first thing that you look at. Um, you know, no different than St. Mary's. I mean, it's a very similar type of opponent in how they go about playing defense. Uh, they make it really tough, you know, from the outside uh, to get shots. They're number one in the country in, in, uh, you know, in terms of three-point percentage defense. And uh, so they're really tough to score on, you know, from that perspective. And we're certainly a team that wants to get inside of your defense, but we also want to try to get some clean looks, you know, on the outside as well. And they do a really good job of covering those up. And that was one of the areas that we were a little bit deficient in the other day um, against St. Mary's where we took some questionable ones at the rim, and our guys know the ones that we're trying to get. Yeah. And, you know, they kind of pushed us into those, and we took the bait sometimes. And our guys have seen them on film now, and they know that there's some better options out there for us, and we've just got to continue to search for those, you know, as we go. One player that I thought is really starting to uh – ramp up and and you've mentioned here and then uh and then also on some tv broadcasts as well that rj's kind of a a slow burn uh yeah. to start a season it does feel like as over the last couple of games he's really starting to feel like he's getting into a groove yeah no question and you know rj's used to having the ball you know a lot yeah. you know when he was at umbc he was our highest usage guy and he comes out here and it's a little bit different because we've got you know a better all-around talent you know on our team and and so he's trying to fit in and do his part and play his role. And, you know, I thought, you know, the, the game against Carroll and then the game before that, you know, where he, he had multiple assists within that game. He was playing for his teammates, and I think that's really deep down who R.J. is in a lot of ways. Uh, he's the guy that, you know, is, is the willing passer and the guy that's willing to create for others and is unselfish. And that's why we brought him out here. Uh, but at the same time, he has that ability to go get a basket too when yeah. you need it. And you know, we, we ran open a couple of times, and he was able to get to the basket against against St. Mary's and made some good plays. So hopefully that will continue for him. Because ultimately, you know, you have a guy that you need a couple of those guys where there's, you know, seven, eight seconds, offense may be breaking down, and he's just got to find a way to create. And more often than not, over the last stretch, it seems like he's getting it done. Yeah, no question. And I think also you would add Sean into that mix. Sean Absolutely. coming back is a guy that 
has that ability is with his size to get inside the defense, um, you know, and make some plays not only for himself but for others. So um, important, you know, that our bench continues to, to grow. And obviously RJ's not on the bench. He's a starter for us. So yeah. he's, uh, he gets more comfortable. Were you working any any bit of a, like a pitch count or minute count with Sean, or did was it just like not he's ready point. and let's yeah, go? Yeah, not at this point. I think he's fair to go at this point. And um, you know, I thought he gave us some really good minutes, you know, in the game the other day, and can and can get better. So yeah. he needs more reps in practice for sure. Well, we're just getting started. Coming up a little bit later on, we'll chat with Justin Bean. Coming up next, if you've got questions for Coach, we'd love to hear them as well. Uh, feel free to, uh, again, if you're with us right now, you just raise your hand and Ajay will run the wireless mic out to you. If you're just uh, uh, hanging out at home or listening or watching on Facebook, you can leave a comment there or you can tweet us at what, as, uh, as well. You can reach me at Scotty G Zone. It's all right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield. Welcome on back. You're listening to the Ryan Odom Coaches Show. We're live here at Old Chicago. By the way, uh, this segment brought to you by good friends at the USU Credit Union. If you've got a USU Credit Union card, just come on by, show it to Ajay or Tyler or whoever, um, and uh, they won't look at the number. They just want to make sure you got a card. And then if you if you do, then you'll get into the uh, drawing for some other great prizes as well. But, Coach, um, by the way, you got a game. We're just watching this Illinois-Iowa game right now, and Illinois is starting to pull away from Iowa a little bit. Uh, midway through the second half, but you're going to be playing Iowa in South Dakota the same day as the uh, football team's playing a bowl game. I know. How about our football team? Yeah, how cool is Go that? Go Aggies, baby. I love it. What a great uh, season for our guys, regardless of what had happened in that championship game. Uh, what an amazing season Coach Anderson and his staff and his team, uh, you know, put together for all of us and, and for themselves, obviously. But what an what a it, it sure is sweeter to win it. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. and yeah. to be able to beat San Diego State in that in that type of environment and that big of a game and and by the score that we beat them, yeah. I mean, it was really really impressive. And uh, I really want to uh, give a shout out to Coach Anderson. He uh, he was great to me after that St. Mary's. I got a phone call at like eight in the morning the next morning, and and it was him. He was calling just to check on me to make sure I was okay. <laughs> And uh, we do that. We coaches yeah. do that from time to time. And that's just the type of guy he is. Well, I mean, you know, if, as a fan or as, you know, somebody just watching the team, you know that the effort and the, you see the effort and the work out there, but you don't see the emotional toll that, that yeah. it can take. And, and only coaches know that. And that's a, yeah. that's a tight fraternity that can say, hey, I, I, I know what you're going through. It's, it's yeah. not fun. No question. Especially when you lose a tough one like that, it's not easy, yeah. you know. And, and he understood that, and he supported. He was actually at the game, you know, so came he, to the game as yeah, well. He told me, he goes, yeah, he, he said, I uh, as I always like going to basketball games because I get, can yell at officials and not worry about getting thrown out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to be careful. We can't have he and, and John Hartwell side Ooh, by side. That might be point. a problem. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you, you bring up a really good point on that one. Uh, uh, but obviously it's a, it's a good time to be an Aggie for sure, and uh, big games coming up uh, this week against BYU. Um, you look at playing in a – you've got a really great venue here. They've got a venue down there that seats a lot of people that can get really loud. Uh, and as you mentioned, this is your first true road game. Uh, these are experienced players, though. They know what it's been – what it's like to play in hostile environments. Yeah, no question. I mean, we've got some older guys that have been around and played in some of these types of places. So, you know, it'll be fun. Uh, you know, it's, it's what you want. As a coach, as a player, you want to play in big games. You want to play in games where – 
you know, the opponent's really good and, and the fans are getting on you. And there's nothing better than walking out of a of an arena where, you know, you just got it done in front of their home fans. And, uh, you know, we're certainly going to give our best effort, you know, in order to make that a reality. You got number 13, Alex Barcelo, who's been there for a long time. Really tremendous player. Can really uh, hit it from the outside and, and can facilitate the offense as well. Yeah, he's a special player. I mean, he really is. And the more you watch him on film, you know, he – other teams make him work really hard yeah. each possession, you know, because he is the focal point of their offense. And he's a willing passer. He's a guy that, you know, definitely shares the ball. But he also understands and they, their team understands that in big moments he's going to need to take the shot most times. And so we've got we've to make sure that we're doing our job of making things difficult. You're not going to totally stop a player like him. Uh, but at the same time, the more that we can make it difficult on him on every possession and kind of wear him down, um, you know, the, it's going to be better for us for sure. And then you've got Loner, big body, yeah. can shoot it a little bit from the outside. He's a really multi, you know, a, a multi-dimensional player that can cause some problems. He's too. a tough matchup. They play yeah. him at four and five. Obviously, losing Baxter, you know, changes things a little bit for them in terms of their lineups and rotations. And, you know, in their defense in that Utah Valley game, Utah Valley is very good this year, excellent yeah. team this season. They went on the road to play him there. Obviously, he was the uh, – Coach Pope was the former coach there, as you know. But they lost Baxter early in that game. And so they had to adjust um, in the middle of a game. That's not easy to do. And then now they've had a couple of games past that to kind of refine it. And, you know, now that they're playing without him, it changes things a little bit. Uh, the kid Gideon is out as well. Um, he'll probably be back for our game. I would anticipate him playing and being in the lineup. And so I think it's got probably a next man up for yeah. them. And, uh, and and so I think, you know, from our perspective, you know, we've got to expect a whale of an effort from them, you know, and, and certainly, you know, we're going to do our best, you know, to make it difficult. If you got a question for Coach, raise your hand. We'd love to hear from you. If, uh, Ajay will run the mic out to you. Uh, if not, I mean, nobody wants to keep hearing from me. So uh, if you want to take over the show, feel free to do so, and uh, we'd love to get your thoughts. Um, overall, um, and you and I kind of joked about it on a pregame show, but uh, Ryland Jones continues to develop, and he's a guy that you really feel safe running your offense with. He seems like more often than not he makes the best decision. He's finding the open shot. He's, or he's getting the guy to the open looks. Um, He's really kind of melded with these guys very well to start the he season. He really has, yeah. I mean, he's he's got a tremendous IQ, obviously. He's he's grew up in the game, uh, you know, with his father here and Logan, and, and obviously this place means a ton to him. Uh, but he's played really well, you know, this season. Um, his assist-to-turnover ratio is great. Um, and I know he's going to shoot the ball better. I know he's putting pressure on himself. He's had some games where he shot it extremely well. And, you know, he had a good look the other night at yeah. it. And I know he was disappointed. And I told him, don't worry about that, man. You're going to get more of those. Yeah, just and keep shooting them. Keep shooting them. And uh, certainly he's a key player for our team, no doubt. Your ball movement's been incredible. And the assist numbers have been tremendous. This is what you hope for out of your offense, correct? Yeah, no question. We want our guys to share it. And, and certainly there's moments, you know, where we haven't shared it as well as we're capable yeah. of. And we highlight those and, and – but at the same time, we're celebrating the times where we are. And, you know, the numbers kind of speak for themselves. This is an elite passing team, and we've got to make sure that we continue to, to, to celebrate, you know, the power of the pass and trusting one another. And while at the same time, there's going to be key moments where the ball, you know, has got to go to a specific guy, yeah. you know, whether it's Justin or 
Brock or Brandon or whoever it might be, Rylan in a pick and roll situation. Um, and then RJ obviously, you know, has proven that he's, he's been able to do it at times, certainly did a lot at UMBC for us. So, um, you know, we've got multiple guys that can do that, you know, but at the same time, you know, uh, the game kind of dictates where it goes at the end. Yeah. Are you running a lot of set pieces? Yeah, we run some set plays, but, you know, we have, you know, actions yeah. that, that end in pick and roll a lot of times. And, you know, we coach them on how to play against different defenses. Yeah. And the guys have to read, you know, kind of what's happening and how the defense is playing them. And, you know, uh, I think our guys have done a great job so far, you know, with that. I uh, I bring it up because there was a moment, and maybe maybe Coach and I saw it wrong in the game, but it looked like he ran Stu Morrill's uh, dribble play. <laughs> maybe. I yeah. don't know. I know that's a, that's a, that's a play a that's worked really well here. Yeah, that's a Aggie staple Land, for, so. uh, for Coach Morrill. It looked, yeah. like, it looked like dribble there for a second. Yeah. He sent me a text after the game, by the way. He's he's following us closely. So Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, he's a fun one for sure and, and, and a great resource and uh, obviously a proud supporter. Uh, are you keeping an eye on – and the reason I bring it up because you uh, – you and St. Mary's went 18 rounds, it felt like, and then uh, and then they went to Colorado State. Colorado State, yeah, I think you it. softened them up for Colorado State a little bit. Uh, do you keep tabs on that stuff right now, or is it just a, we'll worry about that when conference play begins later yeah, in the I month? Yeah, I mean, I think you kind of have to worry about it when, it when you get to it. Yeah. I mean, certainly we want to watch these games and kind of see how they're playing and see the styles and all of that. But, you know, we have to be focused on the present. We have to be focused on – literally learning from what just happened in the previous game and, and trying to help our team get better. And, you know, comparing scores and all that, whether we had beaten St. Mary's and Colorado State had lost or obviously yeah. it happened in reverse, really doesn't matter. When the two teams match up and that ball's tipped up, we'll see what happens. And yep. I think that's, that's kind of how we have to approach it. And we prepare for every team the same way. And, you know, we try to help our uh, – advantages shine right in our weaknesses we want to try to hide them as much as we can and minimize those and so that's kind of how we approach it each game got a question rolling in on uh, twitter about shimon it seems yeah. like he's getting some more opportunities as the season goes on shimon's done his job in practice uh, the first thing you know when you know as a player when you're not playing as much as you want to play how you respond to that is so important and Shimon has responded, you know, with grace, with harder work, uh, with a great attitude, um, with a confidence in his teammates and cheering for his teammates. And he's put his head down and said, I'm going to work in practice. What do you need me to do, coach? And he's focused on himself and what he could bring to the team. And when he's not in there, he's all about the team. And so I think that's, that's a great lesson for us all. Um, and he started to play better in practice, and so we've given him more opportunities in the game. And I thought he did really well the other day, uh, you know, in the St. Mary's game. He actually did it, you know, in, in previous games as well here in the Spectrum. Had had some moments in Myrtle Beach that you saw yeah. as well uh, where, we, where we plugged him in there against New Mexico State and some of the others. And so really proud of what he's been able to accomplish so far, and I'm sure the best is yet to come for him. Another question rolling in on the Facebook page, and again, you can watch the show live on uh, the Utah State Athletic page on Facebook. Uh, but about when you play in a, an environment like the Spectrum, it's loud, it's yeah. it's it's intense, and then you go on the road and you play in a place that's loud and intense, even though it's negative towards you. 
but being used to playing in that kind of environment, can that help as you go in and know what it's like? You're not surprised by the loud and the intenseness of a game. No question. We actually talked about that a little bit with our team in film today as it relates to ball screen defense because you, th you think about pick and roll defense and I'm guarding the ball and then all of a sudden this big guy's running out to set a screen, you know, on the ball. Well, the guy that's guarding the ball can't really hear. Yeah. Like, it's not enough to just yell it out, you know, if Justin's man's running out there and screening Steven. And so how we play that is really important. We have to always expect that those things are coming because you're not going to be able to hear. And so, you know, game planning for that is really, really important. You know, it's, it's funny you bring that up because that's the one thing that really jumped out of me in calling games uh, during COVID last year when nobody was there. You hear everything. You hear everything. And, I, and you had no idea there was <laughs> – Good and bad. That, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but you had no idea that high level of communication and talking that's going out there because usually even courtside you can't hear it very well. But when there were no fans, I'm like, oh, my gosh, these guys are having like full-length conversations out there. Yeah. And in the NBA, it's different, right? Because you yeah. have the music playing, you know, in the middle of the game. Yeah. And you have the organs and all that kind of stuff. So they actually can – hear one another but when you get in these big time college environments it's really hard to hear and it's hard that's why you have to have some signals at times to get things you know uh, to your team um, and echo we call it echoing the call so if I give Ryan a call he echoes it to you know the rest of the guys and so it is really important communication is huge but at the same time you have to practice that in practice where yeah. hey you're not going to be able to call everything out you have to know how to guard certain certain things. Coach Ryan Odom coming up next. You're going to hear from Justin Bean. Uh, we'll chat with him straight ahead as we are live here at Old Chicago. You're listening to the Ryan Odom Coaches Show from Learfield. All right, welcome on back. You're listening to the Ryan Odom Coaches Show. We're live here at Old Chicago in Logan. And joining us now, Justin Bean, who's off to a tremendous start of the season as the Aggies get set for a big week of games, starting with BYU coming up on Wednesday. But, uh, Justin, good to chat with you, man. How you doing? Good to chat with you too, Scotty. Yeah, it's always a pleasure, man, well, back at Old Chicago. I know, right? It's like uh -huh. the good old times down here. All right, That's so right. this start to the season, I know that um, you, you put a lot of pressure on yourself. You put a lot of pressure – to improve your game throughout the offseason. Uh, but to have the early production that you put out there may have surprised some people. I don't think it's surprising you, though. Yeah, I mean, it, it says a lot about just the, the people within the organization, obviously. And so it says a lot about the, the trust that I feel that I have from, from Coach Odom and the rest of the guys and my teammates. And, and also, like you said, just it's been definitely the hardest offseason, you know, of my life. And uh, I take pride in that, knowing that uh, I, I have no regrets for the summer and Hope to keep that moving forward, you know, as the season goes on. But, yeah, it's, it's been a good development um, for me, so it's been fun to see it all pay off. So what was the origin of that? I mean, was it something that you sat down with Coach Odom and they lined out a plan? Where did you learn and, 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 and how to execute this apparently the most grueling offseason you've ever put yourself through? Definitely. I mean, I think it, it definitely started, you know, after that loss against Tech, uh, Texas Tech at March Madness. You know, that was something where every every player, you know, one team's going to come out on top and everyone else is going to have to, to look yeah. themselves in the mirror. So for me, it just meant, you know, with a big offseason coming up, losing some guys, uh, knowing that I had to, to be a leader not only on the court, but just um, vocally, you know, for these guys. It, it definitely was a different mindset for me. Um, and it definitely put a lot of pressure on me. But knowing that I had a good support system back home in Oklahoma with my, my parents and siblings and, and some great trainers out there, 
um, the transition coming back from Oklahoma and meeting with Coach Odom definitely helped to kind of springboard that. And uh, the player development has been just huge. I mean, I've definitely been able to not just mentally kind of get into a, a groove, but just being able to just highlight a lot of things that I could work on that they've, they've told me and they've met with me and watched a lot of film with me and just learning how to, to get my shots and, and play off two feet and um, just be confident shooting the three ball and just all that kind of accumulating together is just made up for for everything that I wanted to do so coach when you had a chance to look at this team on film and, and you saw Justin um, what jumped out at you when you first saw him on film and and how excited were you to kind of integrate him into what you like to do on on, on the basketball court yeah I would say one of the things you might find odd you know is is that I didn't watch a ton of film you know, of the guys. And I didn't do that at Lenore Ryan, and I didn't do that yeah. at UMBC either um, because I didn't want to develop a, a bias, you know, on, on them. I wanted to trust my eyes in the gym with them. And, and I think, you know, for me, Justin obviously had to play a specific role last year and the last couple of years within Utah State's team. And I didn't want to sell him short by saying, well, that's what he does and that's all he can do, yeah. right? And so I think, you know, that was – I try to do that with all the players, um, you know, because I try to figure out, like, what are what are his strengths. And one of the biggest things, I think, the maturity level that Justin sh shares, you know, with some of the other guys as well is that he, he still, while he's doing other things for us and we need him to do other things for us, he hasn't forgotten what really got him there either at the same time. You can look at the rebounds and, and, and tell. He's got 32 offensive rebounds. He's averaging 12 a game, over 12 a game. Yeah. Now, the points have gone way up, but he's still doing the same things. He's still chasing the ball like he's always chased it. And that's obviously one of the first things that you notice about Justin is that he's, he's willing, a little bit like Ryland. Ryland puts his body on the line in terms of taking charges. This guy puts his body on the line running in there at all times trying to get, get the ball for us and on offense and defense. And so, you know, the first time we got in the gym with him, it was pretty apparent like he can – he can do more. We can ask more of him this upcoming season. And the key is we've got to begin to work on it. Yeah. And, and, you know, he did a great job uh, on his own, you know, when we were separated. And, uh, and then once, we, once he came back and the team was together, you know, we tried to really begin to, to refine and work on his skills and, and help, help him grow his confidence away from the basket, attacking off the bounce, not only in obviously shooting the ball. Well, and i got to imagine, too, when – when you get an opportunity like this and, and you get to put, uh, uh, you know, your, your stamp on this team and who this team is, those opportunities don't come around very often. And uh, to be able to rise up to the challenge like that is really impressive on your part. For sure. No, I appreciate that. It definitely is something I, I don't take for granted. And, and like Coach said, I still want to be able to bring that same energy yeah. and, and juice, you know, that, that the team, you know, needs and, and that, yeah, it's helped us have tremendous success the last couple of years. So. I, I think it was the Oklahoma game, and it was early in the game, but I, I, I don't know if there was a collision. You come up and you're kind of holding your uh, your side a little bit, and then after that you know, you never see anything again. And I know you get beat up a lot based on how you play and how people attack you, um, but it's always impressive how you're like, you know, you'll see a wince at something for a little bit, and then, then it's gone. <laughs> and, and I'm sure it's still there, and I'm sure it still hurts like crazy, but the ability to fight through that, how hard is that at times? Yeah, I mean, it's tough, but you know what? Adrenaline is an amazing thing. Yeah. So I, uh, I definitely give that a lot of credit. But it's no, I mean, it, this team has definitely had a lot to deal with this year. I mean, we've had a lot of injuries, you know, just 
from the beginning with, with Sean Bearstow and, and Trevin earlier in the summer and different guys have all been banged up. And so I know that if anyone goes down, you know, they're going to do their best to, to get in the game. And if there's any chance that they'll, they'll play, then, then they'll do it. So I, the same is the expectation for myself. So definitely is, you know, it's a lot of getting banged up, but it's all worth it in the end. So. This, this team does feel like a really tough team. I mean, how the way you play, the way Ryland plays, um, you know, across the board. Uh, it seems – is that an identity you guys enjoy having? We do. I mean, we, we try and emulate that, and we try and, and really preach that, you know, day in and day out, especially in practice. And that was one of the first things Coach Odom, you know, said to us, you know, the first day of practice is just that he, he not only wants us to get better and to have fun, but just to be competitive. And so when you learn how to be competitive and, and to enjoy the game, when you, when you do both of those things, then special things can happen. And certainly this team has that ability, and we've, we've shown it, you know, this season. And – um, but, you know, moving forward, that's got to be the, the standard for sure that we set for ourselves. Coaches, competitiveness, can you coach that or is that something you have to recruit to and, and find? Uh, or, or can you kind of nourish that and build it throughout a team? Yeah, it's a bit of both. You have to remind them, you know, at times when they're not doing it and then celebrate it when they are. And that's, yeah. that's really what we want our culture to become. You know, it's not tolerating, tolerating things that lead to losing. If you're non-competitive, probably going to lose yeah and this is a competitive business this is a competitive sport no different than any of the other sports that are out there and and you know the the hardest playing toughest smartest team usually wins and then when you add in that fun part of it because without the fun all right you're you're not going to get it done and so we want to make sure that our guys are enjoying their time together win or lose and you know i think we're doing that right now but at the same time, competitiveness, I mean, you can seek out in recruiting. You can watch guys in AAU or high school and say, wow, that guy doesn't like to lose right there. And so that is a character trait that we certainly all want. But you can also cultivate it while they're with you. I mean, I got to imagine you guys had a good time at Top Golf, but at the end of the day, I'm sure it's bleeding through there. Yeah, you know? they were competitive in that too, right? Yeah, yeah. doesn't matter. There, we'll be on the in the airplane or on the airport, just in the terminal, and guys will be playing card games and just on the floor, just all into it. And you just hear this uproar, and you look over, and guys are throwing cards around, and it's just it's a fun time. But yeah, definitely a competitive group in every facet. So uh, big off season in terms of not only getting yourself ready for this upcoming season, but uh, the nuptials. Congratulations <laughs> again! Thank um, you. Is married life has it been much of an adjustment for you? It, it has, you know, both good and bad, you know. Yeah. So it's you know it's it's been great, and um, obviously things that uh, you dream about doing, and I've, it's taken me a quarter of a century to do it. So I think uh, definitely it's, by Utah standards, that's that's quite a bit, man. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But no, being married's the best, and uh, and Claire and I are very happy, and, yeah. and we're enjoying it. And she's she's in the stands every game, and she's. She's front row, just screaming her lungs out and, and she, having a good time. She was so. leading the cheers, right? And she, she was. She was at Oklahoma, uh, yeah. Yeah. She was uh, on the front row doing the – or, no, it was New Mexico State. Yeah, yeah doing the winning team, losing team. <laughs> yeah, she had to bring that out to the East Coast. So, yep, that was awesome. So, did you meet her here at Utah State then? I did, yep. Met her at Utah State. My cousin actually set us up. Um, they're both ambassadors. Uh, my cousin's out on a mission now on the East Coast. But, yeah, he set us up, just thought we'd be a good match, and – so he told me about her, and I just looked her up on Instagram yeah. and uh, slid in the DMs, as, as the kids say. So, <laughs> that's, oh, man. Uh, that's all that happened. Yeah. So uh, I, I always love telling this story, and I know we've talked about it a couple times, but uh, for every Aggie fan out there, you need to thank former Aggie legend Spencer Nelson 
for uh, for for going to uh, was it Reno? Reno, yes, sir. <laughs> and uh, and and by the way, I told this story once, and I think some opposing fans of other teams tried to get you into little NCAA issues. It was all on the up and up. There was no issues <laughs> there. No, nope, Spencer nope. and you went to all a subway, yep. and over a, a foot long sandwich, yeah, he right. got you to be to walk on to Utah State. He did, he did, and he paid for his own sandwich. I paid for mine. So See, yeah, there everything's was, fine. Well, <laughs> everything's all that good. Here. So <laughs> glad we could clear that up. But yeah, he was definitely a big part of of my recruitment and and me being here and still keep in touch with him. But, yeah, I couldn't say enough great things about that. And, and just the first year, I mean, a lot of people forget that, you know, he actually did coach me that first year yeah. when I redshirted. So huge part of, of uh, definitely my success. Well, I, I remember talking to him and Coach Durier several times, and they thought a couple times about burning the redshirt year on you. Yeah, yeah, they did. There was one at Wyoming. It was yep. midway through the year, conference play, and Quinn Taylor uh, had a medical issue. He couldn't make the trip with the team, and then Dwayne Brown – uh, was hooked up it, to an IV, you know, right hours before the game. And so somebody hurt their ankle in warm-ups or yep. something like too. Yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, he did. I don't say any names, but he did. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> and, yeah, so they just told me, just be ready, you know, to, to get out there and play. And in the back of my mind, I'm kind of bitter because I wanted to just preserve that as long as I could. And in the end, it wasn't meant to be, so I, I was able to keep that red shirt. So. Well, and uh, I think every Aggie fan breathes a big sigh of relief about that as well, for <laughs> sure. Um but overall, though, how much fun are you having playing the game right now? Oh, this is, again, this is the most fun I've had, I feel like, throughout my life, throughout my entire career. You know, just eight games in, I don't want to, you know, speak f too early. But, I mean, it's just been great. And, and obviously winning games definitely helps. And uh, I expect this team to continue to do that. So it's been awesome. Something special in the air for you when it's BYU week? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, there's definitely rivalry week is huge. And I actually talked to, to Sam Merrill a little bit on the phone today, and he he told me to, to go beat him for him. So that's the goal. That's always been the goal. And, uh, yeah, playing in Provo, I, I was I was there my freshman year. Didn't get in the game. That was right before I had started playing, you know, yeah. in conference play. So still haven't actually played at the Marriott myself. So I'm excited. No, really. That's a that yep. little-known fact right there. I yeah, like that. A little-known. You that's were right. a DMP in, in Provo? I was in Provo. Really? Yep. Yep. It was uh, early December. Yeah, yeah I, no, I remember playing. that. I think I played one or two games after that against Eastern Oregon. That was the, the first time I actually played. So. Interesting. And Abel. I don't think Abel played that game either. Now, Abel you guys got it. the scholarship at the same time, right? We did. Before yep. he hit the shot against New Mexico. Yeah. 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 Yep. Okay. That's right. Well, I tell you what, he's going down as one of the greats here at Utah State. Justin Bean, but still a lot of basketball to be played this year starting on Wednesday as they, they take on BYU. Take our final break, come back, some final thoughts from Coach, and we'll wrap this up. Coming up next, you're listening to Aggie Basketball from Learfield. All right, some final thoughts from uh, Coach Odom as we wrap up another edition of the Ryan Odom Coaches Show, the first full Coach Odom uh, show. Of course, we kind of had a uh, hybrid last week with Coach Anderson. He's on the road recruiting, and uh, – you know that that never ends, right? You win a big championship, and uh, three hours later, you're on a plane trying to find the next big recruit. That's the name of the game, right? You yeah. got to get, get the players to continue to, to play well and, and, uh, and develop. And, uh, you know, I know as coaches, we love that time, you know, to be able to go out and, yeah. and, and try to find new talent and connect with guys that we've already been recruiting, you know, at the same time and visit with families. And, uh, you know, it's a really, really special time because they get a, a chance to – I know they're probably going through home visits and stuff like that. They get a chance to actually communicate face-to-face, -face, you know, yeah. with the families. And sometimes you see the little brother, little sister, grandmother, whoever it is that's a part of the decision-making process, and they get a feel for you as a person. And, um, 
you know, I know, I know all coaches enjoy that. How hard was that dead period uh, when, uh, when with COVID and you guys were essentially yeah, I mean, a year off the road? Exactly. I mean, we went to our first game like a week ago, you know, from, from wow. due to COVID, you know, because seasons are just beginning now yeah. in high school basketball. And so you know, it's been a long time. It's been a really long time. And, and uh, we all feel like we've been, been deprived, you know, and not being able to go in a gym and watch kids play and see them compete, you know, has been been disappointing. But, you know, it's we're not the only ones that have been impacted, as you know, and, and you just kind of have to – we had to do our best with it. And uh, now things are beginning to normalize again, which is great for all of us. So we're excited to get back out on the road. Keys to, keys to BYU. What do you guys need to do to try to get out of Provo with yeah, the W? Rebounding for sure. I mean, they get 38% of their shots back. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're flying around to get rebounds. And so that's kind of a New be, Mexico State feel to it. Yeah, I mean, that's a major factor within the game. Um, we've got to make sure that we guard the two really well. They, they don't shoot it well from three, um, you know, from a percentage standpoint. I think that's because teams have, have gotten out on them a little bit. I don't think it's because they don't necessarily have good shooters, uh, but they really do a good job of attacking your rim. And so we've got to make sure that we're protecting the basket while not allowing some op- some of the open looks that we allowed in the St. Mary's game. And so similar game plan there, um, you know, to Richmond as well, um, New Mexico State from a rebounding standpoint. And so if you're comparing teams, you know, that's that's pretty similar. But, you know, uh, Burcello or Barcello, I mean, what a player he is. We're going to have to make things really hard there. Um, and the other point guard, uh, he's good. I mean, he's a good player. He can get inside of your defense and make things difficult for you if you allow him to. So we've got to make sure that, you know, we're doing our job keeping these guys out of the paint. Well, Coach, always a pleasure. Look forward to catching up with you on Wednesday. Awesome. Thanks so much. There you go. That's the Ryan Odom Coaches Show. Big thanks to everyone who came out for today's show. We'll be back with you next week. You're listening to the Aggie Coaches Show from Learfield. From old Chicago, this has been the Coach Odom Show. Brought to you by Holiday Inn Express, Stay Smart, Beaver Mountain, Come Ski the Beam, Smith's, Fresh for Everyone, Sports Academy and Racquet Club, Your Club, Your Results, Your Life, Zions Bank, We Haven't Forgotten Who Keeps Us in Business, Ford, Go Further, and by ARS, Clean Up, Restore, Rebuild. The proceeding has been a Learfield presentation on the Aggie Sports Network.